liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows just don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Liberty Lockdown, where I have no guests. And you know why? Because I didn't get a lot of sleep, and I'm jacked out of my mind, and I read a ton of news stories, and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff I haven't covered, and I haven't heard anybody cover it. And I was like, wow, I better bring this to my Liberty Lockdown audience, because these people need to know this stuff. So that's what I intend to do. And I think you will find it extremely valuable. So stay tuned. I have done a few of these in the past. They're some of my most popular episodes. And despite the fact that I'm sure most of you are used to me having a guest, uh, I can do solo shows too, and I think you'll enjoy it. So let's get it going. This is a mind blower. So how to restore trust in our institutions by World Economic Forum, our favorite tyrants. John Riatti is the executive director, Lipo Group Indonesia, says, uh, Existing in an increasingly multipolar world and recognizing our inevitably interdependent and shared futures, we must work together in spite of our differences. Well, we're starting off with a really globalist perspective, but here we go. Uh, uh, Divisive issues such as the conflicts in the South China Seas and in Ukraine will always exist and cause tension, but it should not be allowed to outweigh a greater commitment to our common future. Well, I would agree it shouldn't outweigh our individual futures. Uh, I don't believe we have a common future and I don't like it when people talk like that. So anytime you start to hear global collectives get very skeptical. Moreover, governments no longer hold a monopoly on power. Technology has empowered the individual. Ooh, what a tragedy. And democratize power across and within countries. A complete and legitimate form must include non-state actors and individuals. Oh, how nice of you. This new equilibrium requires a new approach. Our institutions, whether it be government, religion, business, or the market, are at risk of paralysis. This is true because many of them do not adequately mirror today's reality and over the years have depleted the trust they once enjoyed. Oh, how did that happen? Is it because you guys tried to centrally plan our lives and it all fell apart? Have you considered stopping? No, we just have to do a better job of it, of course. As a result, our institutions no longer command the credibility and trust required to lead, particularly during these changing times. Well, the times are changing in large part because you locked us in our fucking houses for two years. Let's let's include that in this equation, shall we? Oh, these people make me so mad. I'm going to try and get through this. To be effective, today's institutions must be recalibrated to reflect this democratization of power and promote a more inclusive view of collaboration across countries and different stakeholders of our society. Organizations like the World Economic Forum provide a platform for governments, business, civil society, and academia. Why they're included in there makes me... To finding shared solutions. It is appropriate that in January of this year, the World Economic Forum, as the largest multi-stakeholder organization, gained formal status as an international institution for public-private cooperation. Not not extremely certain what that means, but it seems as if they've been formally acknowledged as being able to do the shit that they do all across the globe. In public-private cooperation, which, mm, fascism, I don't know. 
But even as we work towards improving our institutions, it is also imperative to recognize that we face an even deeper problem of trust. I wonder why. Moises Naim writes in The End of Power that, quote, those in power today are more constrained in what they can do with power. Oh, poor babies. And more at risk of losing it than ever before. Oh, boo-hoo. I love how they point that or paint that as a negative. We live in an era of great change and volatility across economics, politics, faith, society, and the environment. These changes are testing. These changes are testing the efficacy and strength of our institutions to continue to lead. Hey, maybe you should stop. Maybe you guys have failed so fucking miserably over the past hundred years that you should stop. Never crosses their mind. No, no. In too many countries, citizens are questioning their form of government. I love this line. I want, I want to bask in this line. In too many countries, citizens are questioning their form of government. Why is it too many? And why is that inherently negative? And why do you not have to explain why it's negative? World Economic Forum, evil scientist assholes. Want to elaborate there? Because I'd like some elaboration. In too many countries, citizens are questioning their form of government. I think in not enough they're not questioning their form of government. Have you considered that? No, of course not. Whether democratic or otherwise, which I find very interesting once again, because these guys always talk about democracy as being the pinnacle of human civilization. And yet it's still a bad thing to question your government, even when it's not democratic. I want you to notice that. And many no longer believe that their leaders are able to carry out their mandate. I would agree with those many. Societies find it difficult to trust business and markets to fairly create and allocate wealth and opportunities. Societies find it difficult to trust business. It's not up to business. It's up to us, the individual, based off of merit. Marxists. Religion faces an existential crisis as more people than ever claim they do not participate in organized religion in many shades. Universities, too, have come under scrutiny for not producing graduates with the right skills. That is absolutely factual. The East Asia meeting, which focuses on the topic of anchoring trust, is critical. I believe the key is a renewed commitment to stewardship. See, they're not going to back down from their plan to rule us. Recognizing that we have, whether as an individual, a society, a country, or a civilization, is not ours to use as we desire, but rather to cultivate for the benefit of those around us and to grow for generations to come. That's another key line. I believe the key is a renewed commitment to stewardship, recognizing that what we have, whether as an individual, that means you, fine listener, a society, a country, or a civilization, that means all of us, is not ours. You will own nothing and you will be happy. It is not ours to use as we desire, but rather to cultivate for the benefit of those around us and to grow for generations to come. That is, my dear friends, what the great Mr. Worldwide, a.k.a. Pitbull, says is communism. Yeah, that's communism. This is acutely true for business, which has attracted widespread cynicism after the 2008 subprime crisis. I love this line again, <laughs> because it isn't just business and banking that took a hit there. If you're a libertarian, you already know this, but the government's involvement in what the banks did to lead to that cannot be overstated. It is vital. Couldn't have happened without it. 
while one may have ownership over assets. Oh, this is a great line again. While one may have ownership over assets and resources, this is perhaps merely a legal construct. Holy shit. Property rights, goodbye. While one may have ownership over assets and resources, this is perhaps merely a legal construct. Really soak that one in. Private property, gone. More crucial is the moral imperative that we should strive to be better stewards of what we have been entrusted to us by growing, innovating, and allowing our businesses to better the lives of those around us. Communism. Ending quote, society and business need to move away from a system in which people do good by doing well, that is benefit others and the planet only as a byproduct of focusing on personal profit to a system in which one does well by doing good. When providing true leadership and service is the central priority and financial returns and personal enrichment are merely the corollaries. Sacrifice the, the, the individual for the collective. I've heard it before somewhere. I don't know where. I think you might be able to figure it out. Let's get in this next one. This one's pretty poorly sourced, so take this one with a grain of salt. I don't know if it's legitimate, but I did verify some things in it, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, this one's called How Klaus Schwab Took Over the World. Klaus Schwab took over the world by hijacking a global cloud-based marketing computing company called Salesforce. Now, first off, this is a very over-the-top description of what actually transpired, so kind of discount that. Quick explanation of cloud computing. Data is uploaded to the cloud by those with authorization. People with authorization include corporation managers and government entities. Users download supplied marketing materials such as posters and flyers supplied from corporate accounts, supplied content and message, messages populate templates for each account. Supplied content populates websites of user accounts on the cloud network. You only have to, to corrupt the main account and all sub-accounts become corrupted as well. For example, if corporate Walmart is corrupted with bullshit marketing to push COVID crap, it spreads to all Walmart, all, Walmart, all Walmart stores around the world. The same is true for all accounts on the cloud computing system. Accounts include government entities, military, healthcare, vote, vote counting, CDC, FDA, HHS, National Guard, GSA, et cetera, colleges and universities, grade schools, preschools, private schools, parochial schools, uh, healthy sis, oh, health systems, Stores such as Amazon, Walmart, Home Depot, grocery stores, pharmacies, vaccination record management, shipping, transportation, energy, etc. cetera. Uh, Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, this is the actual like only tie that he has to prove this point. Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, is a member of the World Economic Forum Board of Trustees. In addition, Benioff serves as the inaugural chair of WEF's Forum Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Now, this is a very conspiracy theory-ish thing. So I'm not taking this one real seriously. However, I did find it interesting that Mark Benioff is so deeply tied with the World Economic Forum. And given that he is the CEO of Salesforce, it certainly could be adding some merit to this argument that perhaps Schwab or whoever actually runs the show over there is able to implement critical race theory and all their other bullshit into protocols and emails that go out to every employee, all of the top people within corporations government entities, things of that nature. Fascinating idea. It says the partnership of Benioff and WEF puts all accounts hosted on the Salesforce cloud computing system under the direct control and abuse by Klaus Schwab. That line is bullshit. Doesn't put it under the direct control. Benioff is under control. 
are in control. And uh, I think that if, if it's being used in that way, it would be because Benioff is a member of the World Economic Forum and not because Schwab is dictating all this. This guy's out of his mind. So we're going to move past that one. But I did verify Benioff is, in fact, an agenda contributor and sits on the board of trustees of the World Economic Forum. So there's some merit to it. Next up. This one gets interesting. Given what I've talked about with the um, potential for economic calamity because we locked down the fucking global economy for a couple of years, uh, or at least a year, and the, the potential for inflation, which we're already experiencing, the potential for a deflationary collapse because of the uh, $300 trillion in global debt that's been accumulated, accumul accumulated, but also added to significantly over the past 24 months, uh, it's a possibility that we have a real financial economic crisis. And the only reason we haven't yet is because we've printed so aggressively across the globe and we've kept interest rates hyper low. So he says, uh, amid the recent pandemic in induced disruption in global supply chains, powerful nations and banking institutions, oh, by the way, this is from Zero Hedge, powerful nations and banking institutions decided to get together to run a global economic collapse scenario. These things always freak me out, just being honest. Because if you remember, they ran a little scenario about a coronavirus a couple of years before we had a coronavirus shut down the world. So these things freak me out a little bit. The report described that Israel, our favorite country, led a 10-country simulation of a major cyber attack on the global financial system in an attempt to increase cooperation that could help to minimize any potential damage to financial markets and banks. It was centered on a catastrophic scenario in which hackers we're 10 steps ahead of us. Okay. Participate, uh, participation also of the, uh, on top of Israel was the United States, UK, UAE, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Italy, and Netherlands, and uh, the, the Netherlands and Thailand. Officials from the IMF, World Bank, and BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, were also involved. I don't take it that seriously if it's a drill amongst countries, but when you include the big boys, the IMF, World Bank, BIS, mm. now you have my attention. The financial geopolitical gaming simulation was set amid a scenario where sensitive data was leaked on the dark web. I don't know, like maybe jabs not working. I don't know. Just thinking out, outside the box here. Which combined with fake news, fake news like mm, jabs not working. I don't know. Reports going viral across societies. Yeah, we've seen what fake news means over the past couple of years, haven't we? Bunch of the stuff that I told you about a mm, year ago that's all true now. <laughs> all fake news. That's all I'm doing over here. Resulting in the collapse of global markets and an ensuing run on banks. I can't imagine why there'd be a run on banks if not for misinformation. No reason to be concerned about the stability of the economy without misinformation. I could think of a few reasons you might want to be concerned that have nothing to do with misinformation that have to do with Austrian economics. Just my two cents. I'm a little nervous. I don't think it has anything to do with mis misinformation. I may be a little bit uh, early or a little bit overly cautious, but I am not operating off misinformation here. We have printed $7 trillion in America. God knows how many trillions of US dollars if you were to convert them into US dollars across the globe. It's enormous. I don't think I need misinformation to be concerned or have a run on the bank. That could happen naturally as a natural economic phenomena. Well, natural in the sense that it's a response to a very unnatural thing like central banking, 
which shouldn't exist, but it does. So further, the simulation envisioned a series of devastating hacks targeting global foreign exchange systems, which also disrupted transactions between importers and exporters, according to Reuters. I love this part. It disrupted transactions between importers and exports. exporters. You mean like supply chain breakdowns? But it's coming because of hackers and not because you shut down the economy for two years? You fucking assholes. I mean, this, this is incredible. It's incredible. They're, they're laying the groundwork. They're doing a drill with justifications for fixing the problems that are real that they create. Fuck you guys, man. Unbelievable. The banks are appealing for emergency liquidity assistance in a multitude of currencies to put a halt to the chaos as counterparties withdraw their funds and limit access to liquidity, leaving the banks in disarray and ruined. And ruined, the narrator said. Yeah, well, that could all happen because of what you've just done for the past two years. That's a legitimate thing that happens when you do stupid central planning dumb shit. And you did it. Despite all of the people that know anything about economics telling you fucking don't, please. And you did. So now we pay the price. So now you have to manip manipulate and create liquidity for your buddies to keep us alive, to keep us the economy breathing. Scumbags. The participants discussed multilateral policies to respond to the crisis, including a coordinated bank holiday. Ooh, like closing the banks across the globe. You better be nervous about that one. And if they think that they're going to do that and that's going to not create a financial panic, what the fuck are we even talking about? You do a global bank holiday because of some hackers that you won't show us any evidence of. I'm going to conclude everything is falling apart. Maybe don't do that. Debt repayment grace periods, swap repo agreements, which just basically means free money to everybody uh, in the banking system, not you. <laughs> it's never to you. And coordinated delinking from major currencies. So you could have a currency crisis, in which case you have all sorts of uh, exchange rates and things that get delinked because you'll have currencies that are uh, linked to one another. And they'll say, well, now like the renminbi is floating against the US dollar as opposed to being linked to it. These are things that they may have to do because of the malfeasance, the unbelievably stupid central planning that they've had over the past couple of years. And they could have to do it because of what they did, not because of some alleged hacking scenario that they've picked out of thin air. So yeah, that one's over on Zero Hedge. It's called IMF World Bank in 10 countries held alarming simulation of global financial system collapse. Go ahead and check out the whole thing if you want. I gave you the vast majority of it. And this one, boy, this is a big one. If you guys didn't read this, do not shut off this show right now. This one's big. Opinion. This is an opinion piece from WAPO written by, quote, three retired generals. The military must prepare now for a 2024 insurrection. This is the most biased, insane article I've read in a long time. You're going to love it. <laughs> Paul D. Eaton is a retired U.S. Army Major General and a senior advisor to Vote Vets. Antonio M. Tabu Tagu Taguba is a retired Army Major General with 34 years of active, active duty service. Stephen M. Anderson is a retired Brigadier General who served in the U.S. Army for 31 years. So these guys have tenure. If that matters to you, doesn't to me. 
As we approach the first anniversary of the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, let's start it off with the bang. So deadly. Worse than 9-11, I've heard. Worse than anything, in fact. <laughs> These people, they just, they can't stop. They can't stop calling it the deadly insurrection. Deadly. Mm, I want to correct it, but I might get nuked, so I may not. I think we all know the truth here. Do I have to spell it out to you? If it was deadly, Ashley Babbitt's name comes to mind. That's about it. I know there was one other woman, too. Um, yeah, sorry. I don't think you can call that deadly. Unless you're going to include what the police did to the protesters. All of us former senior military officials are increasingly concerned about the aftermath of the 2024 presidential election and the potential for lethal chaos inside our military, which would put all Americans at severe risk. Good God. In short, we are chilled to our bones at the thought of a coup succeeding next time. <laughs> These fucking guys. I mean... You have to be so delusional to think that the January 6th people were on the cusp of a successful coup. They didn't have the military with them. What are we even talking about? A bunch of yahoos that are unarmed, mind you. All of them unarmed. We're going to take down the greatest military power in the history of the world. That is what I am to believe. And this is why they are, quote, chilled to our bones at the thought of a coup succeeding next time. These fucking people drive me crazy. What are we talking about? <laughs> You're making me lose my mind. Jesus Christ. Ah, continuing on. The signs of potential turmoil in our armed forces are there. On January 6th, the disturbing number of veterans and active duty veterans of the military took part in the attack on the Capitol. More than one in 10 of those charged in the attacks had a service record. I'm sorry, but first and foremost, the vast majority of the people there were peaceful. They were, it's true. It's just, it's just factually true. The vast majority of the people that protested that day were completely peaceful. Completely. So the fact that there was some active duty members makes perfect sense to me. And I love, I love this bait and switch where they say a disturbing number of veterans and active duty members of the military took part in the attack on the Capitol, but then they switch it and they just talk about had a service record. So that just means veterans. They make it imply like one in 10 of the people, like 10% of the people there uh, were, you know, active duty but then they lead then they actually mean veterans because i'm sure the, the majority of the people weren't active duty because i'm sure they would realize that it was dangerous for their careers potentially so that's a that's a slippery line i like it when i see those uh very good three retired generals you almost got it past me recently and perhaps more worrying brigadier general thomas mancino the commanding general of the oklahoma national guard refused an order from President Biden mandating that all National Guard members be vaccinated against the coronavirus hero. Mancino claimed that while the Oklahoma Guard is not federally mobilized, 
His commander in chief is the Republican governor of the state, not the president. I believe that's actually chain of command, isn't it? Isn't the National Guard supposed to be first, the first he listens to the governor? States' rights and whatnot? I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. You can comment below if I'm totally wrong. But it seems to me that's like why we have separation of powers is that you can actually have, if you, if you were to end up in a terrible situation where you had, I don't know, a senile president with the uh, finger on the button for nuclear weapons, and he was trying to, I don't know, lock people in their house for a couple of years and force medical procedures into their bodies and uh, arrest people for trying to get food at a restaurant and, uh, I don't know, drag kids out of the restaurant. Maybe you'd want to have some division of power where the governor might be able to stop it with the National Guard. I don't know. Am I crazy? I don't think I'm crazy. I don't think so. I think that sounds like a good idea, actually. I do. And if they really want to stop them, send in the U.S. military against the Oklahoma National Guard. That's how civil war starts. So I don't know. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't even know what the, like, why is that so horrifying to them? Especially when it's clearly unconstitutional, which is what they're standing up against. I think that their oath should be to the constitution, not to the commander in chief. I don't know. Call me crazy. Since you're able to refuse an order if it's, I don't know. All right. Imagine competing commanders in chief. This is a great one. A newly reelected Biden giving orders versus Trump or another Trumpian figure. How great is that? They can't even imagine a scenario where it's Trump that wins, you know, duly elected methods. And it's actually Biden that's trying to jack it. No, it's impossible. It's only going to be the other way. And to that, I actually agree because it could only be the other way where Trump actually wins, but he doesn't get put in. I think that's a possibility. Not saying it happened last time. Not saying that. Uh, a newly reelected Biden giving orders versus Trump or another Trumpian figure issuing orders as the head of a shadow government. I love it when they talk like this. We're conspiracy theorists. They're not. Worse, imagine politicians as the state or at the state and federal levels illegally installing a losing candidate as president. How could you do that? You have, access, you have control of the military. How could they actually do it? They couldn't. All service members take an oath to protect the U.S. Constitution, but in a contested election with loyalty split, some might follow orders from the rightful commander-in-chief. I love how they've already framed it. Rightful Biden versus while others might follow the Trumpian loser. Oh, glorious line. The Trumpian loser. Oh, it's like an adjective that they've just created out of thin air. Beautiful. Arms might not be secured depending on who was overseeing them. Under such a scenario, it is not outlandish to say a military breakdown could lead to civil war. Well, that's a distinct possibility, period, given that you're labeling all political dissidents as insurgents right now. Thanks, Joe Biden. So, yeah, I'd say that is a possibility, um, but I don't think it's going to go the direction that you're painting it as. I think it's absurd to think that Trump could actually do any of this, given that he allegedly tried and it resulted in a couple of his protesters dying and nothing else. So Army General Mark A. Milley 
This is a huge story that did not get reported, by the way. And they bring it up as confirmation of why they need to be more prepared. And I love this so much. Army General Mark A. Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, reportedly scrambled to ensure the nation's nuclear defense chains were secure from illegal orders. It is evident the whole of our military was caught off guard. Well, evidently, it wasn't the whole of our military that was caught off guard, given that Army General Mark A. Milley secured the nation's nuclear defense chains. And if you recall correctly, he went around Trump. To, if, I, if this is what I recall correctly, that this is the guy that contacted his boy in China to tell them, don't worry about it. I have the nuclear codes, which, by the way, as far as I'm concerned, and forgive me if it wasn't Millie, maybe it was someone else, but this did fucking happen, is treason. It is. If you have the commander in chief and you have someone take the nuclear codes from him while he's still the president, it's treason. Unless you can justify clear as day that he's lost his mind or something like that, but there's constitutional procedures for that, correct? Did they take any of them? No. So treason. But they paint it as evidence that that's what needs to be done in advance. I mean, it's incredible. That's an astonishing statement. First, everything must be done to prevent another insurrection. Everything. I don't know. Paper ballots. Maybe you can stop messing with us, <laughs> please. I'm going to say it as broadly as possible. Uh, not a single leader who inspired it has been held to account. Who are the leaders of it? You've arrested hundreds of people that were there that day prosecuted tons of them, thrown many of them in jail for a long, long time. So they haven't been held to account? Or by leaders, do you just mean Donald Trump? In which case, he was impeached for it. And he is no longer president anyways. So that's it. Because there's, there's no other leaders to it. That's it. That would, it would have to be, I don't know, maybe they mean Alex Jones, who I think was very clear that he wanted to be peaceful. So I have to think that you must mean Trump who was also clear he wanted it to be peaceful. So who is to be held account or held to account? Mystifying. It's a mystifying line. So many people have been held to account, but not a single leader, as if there were a single leader of it. And if I were to bet who the single leader was, it would be a three-letter agency that I'm not going to mention. But the military cannot wait for elected officials to act Oh, that's a beautiful line again. Jesus Christ. The military cannot wait for elected officials to act. Isn't that what you are supposed to do? Take orders from the top? That's why we don't have a military commander-in-chief? We have a civilian or whatever you call it? Oh, Lord. So they don't want to wait for elected officials to act. Just have the military do this right now. Okay. Uh, we continue. The, the Pentagon should immediately order a civics review for all members. I love this. If you know anybody that went to public school, which I did, I think I'm the only one that had a civics class that came away learning anything. Everyone else was just like, uh, duh. They didn't get it. Clearly, given how people vote today. Uniformed and civilian. On the Constitution and electoral integrity. So they want to have a civics review for the Constitution and electoral integrity. I would like a study on electoral integrity too. 
if you wouldn't mind. That'd be great. Not that I care about democracy, but if we're going to pretend it's legitimate, I'd like to know that. So let's do that, but not just for the members of the military, but mm, what you actually do on election day. I would like a review of that, please. Can we make that happen? Thank you. Um, and then the Constitution. Sure, have them read it. Have it start with, I don't know, the Second Amendment, that we have the right to defend ourselves from and against them. And they have a right to defend us from and against you. That would be awesome. If you guys do that oh, forever in your debt, please have them read that. There must also be a review of the laws of war and how to identify and deal with illegal orders. That'd be great. I would love for you to not listen to illegal orders. Because I think you guys have listened to far too many over the past 20 years, particularly in the Middle East. And it must reinforce unity of command. This, mm, I don't know about this one, but uh, to make perfectly clear to every member of the Defense Department whom they answered to. I'm pretty sure they know that. That's kind of the whole military thing is that you know who's on top of you and who's on top of him and da-da-da-da-da, Biden, which God help us having him on top. No service member should say they didn't understand whom to take orders from during a worst case scenario. I can't imagine a situation like that where they didn't know. Unless you had a lunatic in charge like a shit pants filled Joe Biden. Dementia patient. In which case, I would definitely not want to take orders from him. But I don't think they do. And you don't think they do either. And no one believes that they do. Because why the fuck would they? All military branches must undertake more intensive intelligence work at all installations, as if we don't have enough power with the three-letter agencies already. Let's give them more. The goal should be to identify, isolate, and remove potential mutineers. As if that's such a significant risk. So fucking stupid. Guard against efforts by propagandists who use misinformation to subvert the chain of command and understand how that and other misinformation spreads across the ranks after it is introduced by propagandists. Propagandists like, you should make sure that the election's legitimate. How dare you question this? Sacrosanct. It's our God. Democracy. Finally, the Defense Department should war game the next potential post-election insurrection or coup attempt. I think they already did that, and I think that's what we witnessed on January 6th, but we'll continue. Uh, they should war game the next post-election in insurrection or coup attempt to identify weak spots. Those pipe bombs you guys planted? <laughs> it didn't go off and it ruined your whole plans, but then you still threw the book at everybody? I remember that. No one talks about it. I remember it. It must then conduct a top-down debrief of its findings and begin putting in place safeguards to prevent breakdowns, not just in the military, but also in any agency that works hand-in-hand -hand with the military. I don't like that. I don't like the military working hand-in-hand -hand with people that are not elected and not held accountable to the American people. I don't like it. I don't want the military tied to them. Separate. Bothers me. Call me crazy. I don't like the FBI. I don't like the CIA. I don't like them being in charge or having any sort of like major communication. You guys should be separate entities. You should talk only when there's like an imminent terrorist attack. I guess you would frame this as that, which is so stupid, but oh, just abolish everything. 
the military and lawmakers have been gifted hindsight to prevent another insurrection from happening in 2024, but they will succeed only if they take decisive action now. Thank you so much for your insights, three military veterans of 30 plus years apiece, about 100 years of tenure amongst the three of you, you unbelievable scumbags. To frame um, the American people protesting legitimately against what they believe, what they believe, not saying what I believe, what they believe may have been malfeasance. That is as American as it gets. The fact that we now doubt that isn't on the people. It's on fucking you. You did that to us. We didn't do that. You did it to us by treating us like shit forever. You broke our trust in you, and we are rightfully no longer trusting in you. And we will not be trusting in you anytime soon. So there you have it. Clint reads the news, part two. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, uh, I love to just read these things and I get all pissed as I read it. So I just highlight the parts that piss me off and then I read them back to you and I get to give my internal dialogue as I read them. I'm sure you guys do this at home too. And uh, I hope you find it entertaining and informative. I learned a lot from reading this stuff. Um, as I said, it scared the piss out of me. And I think it probably will scare you and bother you. And I hope that it, instead of making you cower in fear and hide over it, is that you actually get inspired to fight the fuck back because time is running out. Simple as that. These people have serious plans to take over your life. If you haven't noticed after the past 18 months, 20 months now, uh, God bless. You'll never be reached. You sweet, sweet summer child. Uh, but to the rest of us, it's pretty evident that they intend to control us forevermore. And the only liberty we're getting back is liberty we tear back with our teeth. And we have been doing that, fortunately, a little bit, but not enough. You guys inspire me to continue in this fight. I appreciate what you do. Continue to support this show. Go to libertylockdown.locals.com to become a supporting, subscribing member to my channel over there. I will do a, uh, I actually plan to do an AMA live where you guys can actually come on on video if you want to, to ask me questions, or you can just stay anonymous and ask, ask, uh, ask me questions that way, which obviously that's fine. I respect everyone's privacy. On that note, little... I have to address it a little bit. Some people didn't respect my privacy this week. And uh, I'd be remiss not to address it because it was a really big deal. But someone, I'm not even going to bring up the names. If you know the names, then you know them. If you don't, whatever. But someone gave my phone number, my old address, my parents' address, uh, my former business information, my real last name, and a bunch of other information about me. And they did it on Christmas morning. It's you almost respect the audacity of it to be that bad of a person to do that to someone on Christmas morning. And they did it to me over nothing. That's the really remarkable part. And I know a lot of you won't believe me. If you follow my Twitter account, I think you can actually see the truth that it was done over literally nothing. Um, just the act of an unhinged person. 
And I was furious. I was upset. My girlfriend was devastated seeing as she deals with actual stalkers. And, you know, I was filled with rage at that more than anything. And then my family being brought into it, albeit tangentially, really beyond, beyond the pale. Um, you know, I use a different last name. It's my middle name, if you care, uh, to keep a level of anonymity and privacy. But I'm an open book about my life. And it's not like I'm hard to figure out. I'm not, I'm not hard to find. If you want to fucking search me out, you can. I'm not hiding well. Um, but I was hiding a little bit, you know, just for the sake of my family. And someone didn't respect that. And most devastating of all of it was that it wasn't an ally. It, it was an ally, I thought. Or at least I thought I was their ally that would do it to me. And I don't understand it. And I don't think I'll ever understand it. So lesson learned. I'm going to scrub my information from the internet and try and be a little bit more private. Fortunately, I didn't live at the address that they posted that I, they thought I lived in currently, probably, I don't know. And, uh, so I've got some privacy maintained a little bit, which is great. I really appreciate the amount of support from Twitter in general. Um, I can't believe how many people just reached out, you know, checking on me, making sure I was okay. I was okay. I, I couldn't sleep Christmas night which, uh, or Christmas Eve night, which was hard. And I had a terrible Christmas because of it, but you know, it is what it is. And other than that, my sleep schedule is just messed up. So no harm, no foul. Otherwise, I guess we'll see if anything comes of my information floating out there, which sucks, but it is what it is. So I wanted to give a special thanks to Dave Smith for having me, having my back on this. Uh, he came out and really condemned the people that did it and anybody that endorsed it, which was Sarwak and Archie and these fucking assholes. So love you guys for basking in my doxing because it really demonstrates what a bunch of pieces of garbage you are. And that's great because I knew it, but now the world knows it. God bless. I appreciate your, uh, your willingness to show your true colors in one of my darker moments because it's fucking awesome when your enemies do that. And I didn't even perceive you guys as my enemies. Honestly, I perceived you guys as like kids on a small bus that are like driving past me, flipping me off. And I'm like, ha stupid, dumb, dumbs. <laughs> but you guys perceive me as a legitimate enemy and, and a real threat to your power structure, which is true because the Mises caucus is coming. And you can't stop us, and doxing us won't stop us, and Dave Smith is fucking here, and Angela McCardle is in your ass, son. Like, that's what it is. Mises Caucus is here. Prags, all the people that are hating on us, we don't hate you. You want to work with us? You want to fucking see that we're not bad people, that we just prioritize liberty over melanin? You could still get along with us. That's, that's my opinion. You could, theoretically. Some of you can't, though. And uh, Sarwak and that other dude that needs to get laid so desperately. My God, does he need to get laid? Prayers up for homeboy that he gets laid someday. Um, yeah, you guys aren't, you, you're not, I mean, you're not even things. No one cares about you. The most interactions you get is when you talk shit about me or Dave or someone else. It's, it's sad. It's hilarious. It's kind of gratifying. It's also pathetic. And I wish you'd stop. I wish you'd delete your accounts. I feel bad. I, I went through, I quote tweeted Sarwak and he had 
215 people calling him a bitch over and over again. That's that's a remarkable commitment. And that was about me, little old me. 215 people launched on your ass for me. (laughs) So pathetic. I mean, you're so you're so universally despised, dude. Just go do something else. Delete your account. I'm serious. Just do it for you, not for me. Do it for you. You always say, be well. Go be well, bro. Go like live a little. Don't let these people do this to you. Don't let me do it to you. Because I got to dunk on you. You you passed in my doxing. I have to demolish you now. And I did. Four to one ratioed you in a comment to you. Ugh, Jesus Christ. This guy was the former chair of the Libertarian Party. It's hilarious. I mean, uh, all right, I'll stop. Shout out to Angela McArdle. Um, she's going to be the next chair. And thank God, because we need her to replace and completely like wipe clean any memory of what he did with the party. Because it's just so atrocious. I talked about this way longer than I expected to. Um, as for Pete, I wish him well. Uh, I'm not going to comment further on it. I think that it's my thoughts have been made known and I don't want to make anything harder on the guy. Um, even though what transpired with me was pretty rough. He apologized personally. I'm going to accept the apology and that's it. If, uh, if we can get along in the future, I'm happy to, if he doesn't want to, that's okay too. Uh, you know, no, no, no hard feelings. Well, maybe some, but you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a forgiving guy, and I think that we can move past it. So I hope we can. Anyways, I love you guys. We're going to have Dave Smith on Tower Gang Thursday. Oof, going to be a big one. Do not miss it. Quick note, another sponsor of ours, the Side Shaper is this uh, home workout device that is just pure isolation, but it, what makes it unique is it has this bilateral swivel. So like as you pull up, you can actually turn your knees. You get a really full core workout, something better than I've ever had before. If you don't want it, don't sweat it. If you are putting on holiday pounds, like I am good Lord, I'm looking chunky. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) you can, you can get one for yourself. And if you go to their website and use the code Liberty to get it, you can get $50 off your order. It's exclusive to my listeners. So why not do that? It isn't available on Amazon. So go to sideshaper.com and enter the coupon code Liberty. If you go to sideshaper.com, you can watch a really cool video about what it is. That'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. I can't really describe it as it doesn't do it justice, but go to sideshaper.com and the code Liberty for 50 bucks off. If you do it, it helps the show. If you don't need it or you already, I don't know, you love being fat, be fat, bro. But you know, also be great. Love you guys. We're out. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppening. A typo in Luke might bring them nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. 
Peter Quinones Invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem Now I stand with the people Dave showed the way But I am unequal Lions of Liberty Now hear me roar Beat running out But I got a bit more Robbie the fire Always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich Now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick But you're welcome to quit I went over BLM With the fire I spit Friends against government Just call us fags Copy the Cairo Put mummies in the bag Liable opinions Get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton Was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, so don't get treated like a hoe